Welcome to the Divorce Chronicles, a forum for insightful and practical information for anyone at every stage of the divorce process. Now, here's your host, Tracy Coates. Well, hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Divorce Chronicles. I'm your host, Tracy Coates. So how is everybody doing today? I got to tell you, the calendar at the time of this recording says September and fall is officially here. However, out here on the East Coast, we are still experiencing some really hot summer-like weather. And so I don't know when fall is actually going to fall upon us out here in the DC metro area, but We'll take it for a little while longer. I'm actually enjoying the warm weather because when winter hits, we're going to want it back. Before we dive into today's show, I want to remind everybody about this really great resource that I am creating and in the process of finishing up. And it is an ebook that I will be releasing for sale later on this fall, which is going to have a lot of great information for many of you trying to navigate the divorce process, particularly for those of you who are interested in avoiding litigation, which Don't get me wrong. I think that litigation serves its purpose, but not everything has to go through the divorce proceedings in a courthouse. So stay on the lookout for that. And I will give you more information as we get closer to the release date. So in addition to the ebook, I am also working on a course that will be co-created with two other amazing professionals in the divorce arena, life coach Kate Anthony and divorce financial planner Christina Lynn. It is going to be an amazing, amazing resource, and I cannot wait to share all of the juicy details with you soon. But what I can tell you is that the course will take a holistic approach to the divorce process, covering the legal, financial, and emotional aspects of the divorce journey. As you can tell, I am super excited to share all this with you, and I will keep you up to date with all of the details as they come along. Now, let's get on with today's show. Today, I am joined by health and success coach Kelly Travis, who helps ambitious, high-achieving women prioritize their health and well-being so they can reach new levels in their business and in their life. Through her Ascend Mastermind, Kelly helps women build confidence, up-level their physical, emotional, and mental health, and while having fun. And as a result, women take massive action and create positive change in every area of their life. In addition to being an entrepreneur, Kelly's a mom and herself a two-time divorcee who has managed to land on her feet and is doing really amazing things. Now, for all of my guys out there, while Kelly's business is geared towards women, her message really is universal. And so I think that you will also benefit from today's episode. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Divorce Chronicles. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be chatting with you today. Absolutely. So let's start off with, could you share with everyone who you are and what you do? Yes. I am Kelly Travis. I am a health and success coach, and I work with ambitious female business owners and high-level professionals to basically help them prioritize their health and well-being so they can kick ass in their business and life. That sounds like a phenomenal thing to be doing. So many of us need that kick in the butt, myself included. So I know you are doing fantastic things. So can you talk a little bit about what 
your target audience is in terms of, aside from being business professionals, do you have a certain age range that you work with? Do you have a demographic in terms of where people live? Do you do this online? Is it in person? How exactly do you... Sure. So most of my work is all done virtually. I And who I work with is those women are typically at a later stage in life, meaning they're, they've at least hit 30s, their 30s. They're typically between 35 and 55, kind of in the depths of creating their life and building their careers and all of those things. Maybe they have kids, they have a partner, significant other. A lot of women I work with have want to make an impact in their community, whether it's giving back financially or or spending time with a cause that is near and dear to them. Many women are the breadwinner, so they're responsible for bringing in the bacon or at least are part of it. So there's that, that other level of pressure, whether they're on their own or they're responsible for their family. And they're just trying to figure out how to juggle it all. And typically, they're high achievers. So they're doing it all for everybody else. And they're basically starving themselves emotionally, physically, mentally because of it. And while they are successful in their business and their life, they could definitely be more successful. And a lot of times, they come to me and they're stuck, whether it's in a relationship or in their career or in their health, and they're ready to make the moves to change that. In terms of how we all work together, I have a the 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 basis of my business is my flagship, which is my Ascend Mastermind. And that's open several times during the year for women to enter. And it's kind of a, a mix of one-on-one coaching, group things, very topic specific. We do retreats. There's a lot of details involved, but it's ongoing support, community accountability, all of that. So for those listeners who may or may not be familiar with what a mastermind is, can you talk a little bit about what that is? And I know that you talked a little bit about the makeup of it, but what are the benefits of a mastermind? Why would somebody who um, is in your target audience um, want to join a mastermind or what would they benefit from it? Yeah. So what's funny about this is years ago, I shied away from any type of group thing because it intimidated me a little bit, right? But the reality is life is hard and we cannot (laughs) do it alone. And we're kidding ourselves if we think that we can, at least successfully and, and enjoy the process, right? So... A mastermind has a lot of benefits in that it brings like-minded people together who either have a similar goal or have similar values and belief and they have they have like they're trying to go in a certain direction. The benefit is that not only do you get the support from who's leading it, but the real benefits come from the community that has formed those relationships and the support and accountability you get from the other people in the group. Because we hit ourselves when we tell ourselves that like, oh, well, I have friends who support me and my family supports me. But sometimes when we're high functioning, people look at us like we're nuts or they're trying to slow us down in many cases, right? Or steer us away from something that might be hard. And when you surround yourself with people that get it, they're going to lift you up. They're going to level you up in a way that might feel a little scary, but also gets you to where you want to go. 
Absolutely. And I can relate to that a little bit in terms of, um, you know, particularly your comment about when you are searching for some advice or you feel overwhelmed or you feel like you're just not at the level that you feel you should be. And other people look at you and they're like, what are you talking about? You're X, Y, and Z. And yet, so it's hard sometimes, I think, for people to relate and just sort of think, oh, well, you know, she already has it together. But as you said, life is so hard and you need help. And I think you need the encouragement and support of somebody who, who, like you said, gets it and is on that same trajectory and on that path. Yeah. And you know, there's so many roadblocks, right? And things that kind of stop us along that journey. And if we don't have a system in place to help us move through that, then we're likely going to turn around and go backwards. Right. right. Exactly. I always, I always talk about, I'm an athlete. I have been coached for most of my life. And if you look at high-level athletes, the elite, they have to have a community, a team of support because it's as you get closer to the top, it's harder to get to that next level. And so you need to have people who are pushing you and coaching you and supporting you and doing all those things. And in our life and our business, we should be treating it the same way. Absolutely. And also, the higher you get up and either as an athlete or in your professional lives, the less and less people are up there with you, right? When you get to the top of your game, you are probably, you know, there's fewer of you. And unfortunately, even in 2019, when we're recording this, you know, sometimes there's fewer women who are in that same field as well. Kelly, let's back up a little bit. So before you had the mastermind and are coaching and supporting women in the way that you do, can you talk a little bit about personally how you got to sort of where we are today? Yes. How long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. My journey to this place, I think, you know, there's all those sayings about how what exists on the other side of what's difficult, right? I, when I was 19... I was in college. I, as I mentioned, I'm an athlete. I was a runner or am a runner. And it kind of started there. I, I loved running. I was super competitive. I still am. Even the strengths finder tests, my number one strength is achiever, which is also a blessing and a curse. <laughs> but I, and because of that, I was willing to do whatever it took to reach that next level. And I did not have a good support system. My coach, you know, in athletics, especially, anything like running or gymnastics or a lot of female sports, the coaches try to get you to lose weight because they think you'll be more successful. And so I was in heading into my second year of, of things. And my coach basically suggested I lose a few pounds to get faster because he knew I had gigantic goals. And being that I was 19 and eager to achieve, I bought into it. And what happened from there was it completely spiraled. And within less than a year, I had to drop out of college. My last race was uh, nationals. I finished as an All-American, but it was my last collegiate race. And I dropped out of college and was admitted to the hospital for an eating disorder that nearly took my life. But in that moment or in that period, that season, I made a decision because I understood what happened. Like I had it in me to understand that I I fed into a lot of the um, achievement and the validation and all those things. And I made a promise to myself that I would spend the rest of my life helping other women 
recognize their value and taking care of themselves in order to achieve their goals. Because at that time, I equated success with weight loss and how fast I could run. So I got out of the hospital. I, you know, that took a while. And while I did recover physically, mentally, I did not recover. And so it took me a good 10 ish years to really come out of that relationship I had with myself. I looked the part, I was healthy on the outside, but emotionally and mentally, I, I didn't respect my body. I had so many insecurities, I lacked confidence. And I then used my career as the thing to find my value. And so I hustled and busted my ass in corporate. I ended up marrying my college sweetheart right out of college, who was with me during that time. And he was an amazing man, but we were in very different places at that period of time in my life. And so over 10 years, as I got stronger and figured my stuff out, we grew apart and our relationship wasn't what it was. And so that was that was a pivotal time in my life because I got divorced. It was very amicable. And he was such an important part of my life. So it was a tough decision, but we both recognized that it was what it was for the best. And so after that, I ended up, I was like at the top of my career, I was in publishing and marketing. I was um, the director of magazines and uh, marketing director and I had worked my way up. But what had happened was in the middle of all this, I realized I wasn't happy. I wasn't taking care of myself and I was hustling. Like I just worked so much, but I wasn't, you know, there was nothing great going on. I just worked to prove myself. And at this time, were you, did you have kids at this time when you separated from your husband? Okay. No. So I divorced him. And then in the midst of all this, a weak point in my life, I met somebody else, ended up pregnant. And that was my like, oh shit moment. Like, okay, (laughs) I am pregnant and bringing a child into this world. I need to get my stuff together. And that's kind of when the seed was planted to really start to do the work again. But it didn't happen immediately. That would be like this perfect story, like, oh, she got it together and then she had babies and all all was good and the end. And wrap it up in a bow and everything was perfect, right? The challenge there was that the man that I had the child with or was pregnant with a baby with was uh, verbally abusive. and, um, And then I found myself in a different situation. And again, not using my voice, not speaking up, you know, not owning who I was. Um, and so over the course of the next couple of years, I ended up having another baby. And during that process, I found myself saying, okay, I, I need to go back into health and well-being. I need to first take care of myself. So I did the work. I went back to school through my um, certifications. We had to actually do the work on ourselves first which was amazing because that's when I realized all of these things that I really needed to work on because our overall health and well-being is not just how, how much cardio we have and how much kale we're eating. It's our relationships, our career. It is you know our home environment. It's all of these. It's our mental health, our self-worth, all of these pieces that really make up our overall health and how we show up every day. And so the more I did the work, the stronger I got the more confident I became that I could make some changes. And we made some moves within those couple of years. And 
by the time my youngest was a year old, I decided that I needed to leave the relationship. And I had also just launched my business. <laughs> so, And that's the current business that you're doing? Yes. So wow. all okay. of that happened at once. My oldest was three. My youngest was about a year and a half. And I just bit the bullet and I realized I was stuck and I was settling and I was not going to be happy and healthy until I moved on and did the work. Can I ask you, um, Kelly, so for those listeners, and this can apply to both, um, obviously you're a female, but I think this should also apply to our male audience. So when you're in that moment, and I think the first marriage ended and, and many of my clients, our listeners do, it's just you both realize it's amicable, you're just sort of grown apart and you decide to go your separate ways. But when you're in a scenario like your second marriage and the person is verbally abusive or physically abusive or just not treating you well, and it could have some real serious consequences if if things aren't resolved or you leave. But how does that feel? How do you get the strength to, to get to that point where you can say, you know what, I recognize that this isn't working. It's not healthy. Now I have two kids. I don't want them witnessing these. How do you sort of what tips or what thoughts can you offer our listeners so that they too can begin thinking about how to get themselves in that mindset. Yeah, there was so much going on and there were so many red flags. And I think that that's the first thing I would say to anybody is that if there is a red flag, if something feels off, if you recognize, like if you ever hear yourself saying, I don't deserve this, or this is crazy, right? Or, you know, all of those things, that's when we have to get curious and we need to explore. And so many times we turn that off. We don't listen because we have stories about what a relationship should look like. And so often, like for me, it was my second marriage. And so at the beginning, I was like, oh no, I can't have another divorce. Mm. Like, what will that say about me? Right. right. So I had that story. And That's then I had judgment. And then I had my mom in my brain saying, Kelly, marriage is hard. You have to work at it. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, my first one wasn't hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is, I don't know. This isn't normal. And so all these things that I had conflict, right? So I had one side of me saying, No, you deserve more. This isn't right. You know, all these things. And the other saying, but what will people think? How will people judge me? And I think fear starts to set in in terms of judgment and, and the failure that we feel because we have to step away. But as soon as I recognized how it was impacting me personally, my relationships, and then my kids, that shifted things for me. So um, I think first what's happened is now I have all these women I work with and many of them are going through different relationship challenges, right? Whether they're in a relationship with a narcissist or they're just unhappy or whatever. And we have to do the work to recognize, really do the work to recognize their own value and work on the self-worth piece and the confidence piece and then decide. You know, the, the hardest part of any of this is making the decision And once we decide, then we can move forward. But until then, we kind of just sit back and we wait and we stay comfortable in something that is so uncomfortable. And so when I finally took the steps to leave, it was, yes, 100% about the boys. I I knew that I couldn't stay. and, And the therapist actually said, you need to leave because of the boys. But 
also, I recognized that the life that I wanted for myself was not going to happen if I stayed. And and that is the powerful piece, right? If we can envision what we want for ourselves and we visualize those things, well, what is it going to take to get to that place? Right. And to move forward. And so, and I imagine not only in your own personal life, but also in sort of the clients that you work with, the women that you work with, is that a lot of them are these high achievers professionally, but they are, for lack of a better word, failing in other aspects of your life. And it's it's hard to sort of balance the two because, you know, sometimes you feel like, well, wait a second, how can I be kicking butt and taking names in this area of my life? And yet I am a complete, you know, um, nervous wreck or an emotional wreck when it comes to doing things that maybe other people in their eyes are very successful at. And then there's that shame then that you carry around, right? Like I'm not good enough in this area. And so what tends to happen for many women and myself included is when we feel like we're failing in some other area of our life or multiple, we just go 100% into the one thing we feel like we can control, which typically is the career, right? And so it's working through the fact that, you know, for me, it was a lot of self-talk around, you know what, it would be a failure to stay. Like this is a failure. If if I stay, then I'm failing my kids, myself, you know, just all of it. If I, I love leave, that. I think that's written. really powerful. I, I yeah. love what you just said that it would be a failure to stay. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, because you're not moving forward. And progress happens when we're moving forward. I feel like when we're stuck, that is totally failing ourselves. So then what did it look like for you, um, a young mom of two boys, and you are going through a separation and ultimately divorce, and yet you're starting this business? You know, how did that look? What I mean, that takes a lot of courage to deal with the emotional, personal stuff, but then to go out and strike out on your own and do the business aspect of it. How did you plan for that? What were, you know, sort of the steps that led to creating the business and then just finally just diving right in and um, going forward with it? Well, I would love to say that I had this elaborate plan in place to do all these things, but I didn't. (laughs) But I will tell you that as an athlete, I'm always thinking a few steps ahead. And I know that every day, it's all about just taking at least one action that moves the needle towards progress. And so for me, when I decided to launch the business, I was pregnant with my second son and I baby stepped my way into it. So I, you know, I did what I knew that I could do day to day. Like I didn't focus on the long-term goals, the big stuff, but it was really about, okay, what will move the needle today? What will get me more secure? And so every decision I made was about getting to a place where I felt comfortable and secure so that eventually I could take that risk. So there was a little pre-planning. And then when it came time to leave, I was scared I mean, that is a risky thing. And I knew that taking on the boys alone and leaving was going to be scary, but it was also really going to catapult me into the future that I wanted to be into. And so part of it was leaning on people for support, which again is where people come in. When we're going through these major transitions in our life, we have to have people that understand where we're at and are, and we don't feel if they're, they feel safe, right? I didn't want to surround myself with people who are judging me. I wanted, or I felt were, but to really identify who those people were that were there to just support, not necessarily give advice, 
but to just be there to feel like I wasn't alone, right? Because the people we seek advice from should be, we should be very specific about those people are, right? Right. Absolutely. So that was a big piece of it. And then what about financially? Were you financially self-supporting at that point? So you're thinking, you know, at least the financial piece, you had a savings, you had something that you had sort of a um a parachute, if you will, if things didn't necessarily go well at all or right away. Here's what I do. And I do this with my client. Yes, I had a, a small amount of money and savings, but this is what I always default to. We all catastrophize in our brain. Like when we think about making the change. We take ourselves so far into the future that we make up stuff that hasn't even happened, right? (laughs) So we're like, oh my God, I'm going to launch this business and then I'm going to fail and then I'm going to be homeless and I'm not going to have anywhere to live and it's going to be two boys on the streets with nothing, right? Right. And you haven't even formed your LLC yet, right? (laughs) So what, (laughs) what I always do and I have my clients do is I say, let's talk about worst case scenario. Like, where is your head go? Like, what does that look like? And so they'll share it with me and I do the same. And then I back out of it. Okay, well, let's say that happened. Let's say that I fail with the business. I have no money. I'm on the streets with the boys. What's the first thing I do? I have a college education. I have had jobs before. I will get a job. It might not be the perfect job, but I can get a job. So I know that I will not be on the street. And then you go from there, right? Or maybe you have family that lives in town. You can stay with them while you try to get on your feet. Like we have solutions. But when we go into that like death spiral, (laughs) we forget about all those things that can actually happen that will solve our, you know, and if we're speaking to women, come on, ladies, like we are superhuman and we can do all the things and we can figure it out. So I'm not suggesting you do all the things, but we are capable of figuring it out. And we rise to the level we need to rise. I always say, people will say, I don't know how you do it, Kelly. Single mom, building a business, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you would be able to do it. If you were in my situation, you would be able to do it because you would figure it out. You'd have no choice. That's just, it's the way it is. Oh, I, amen to that. (laughs) Absolutely. We rise to the occasion, hands down. Absolutely. Even if you don't think you can, you always can. So, One of the things I want to ask you before we wrap up on um, today's podcast uh, is if you had to think back and you've been through a lot of challenges and have seemingly landed on your feet. I mean, we all have work to do, but you seem like you've got a really good handle of where you've come, where you are right now. But if you could look back, hindsight's always 20-20. Are there any things that you would change or you would have thought, hmm, you know what, maybe I should have done this perhaps before making this leap? No, I am not one to dwell in the past. I use it as fuel to figure out the next thing and to learn from. I, and I really truly believe that, you know, I could, I could have a lot of regret and anger and resentment. And I did for a moment, like let's not kid ourselves when we're going through this stuff, we do. But at the end of the day, and I just did a podcast on this a few weeks ago, We have to acknowledge that in that moment, we made a decision based on where we were at. And at the time, it seemed like the right decision. And we forget that 10 years ago, we were a totally different person than we are today. Like we've lived a life in between, right? So now it's easy to be like, oh, well, I should have done this. But at the time, I didn't know any different. And so if we can really recognize that 
in those moments, we're making a choice based on where we're at personally and what seems like the right thing. And we can't judge ourselves for that. Absolutely. Because as you just said, at the time that you make that decision, that probably was the best decision at that time. You know, it may not be in 10 years. It may not have been five years ago, but at that time when you're in the moment, that was the right decision to make and go with it. So Kelly, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. But before we go, can you tell my listeners where they can find out more about you, your mastermind and all that you do? Yes, I would love to. First, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I love for women and supporting them. And so I appreciate you having me. To find me, everything on social media is Kelly T Health. And my website is just kellytravis.net. The mastermind is called Ascend. You can find it there. And right now, I'm literally scheduling 10-minute calls, like little quickie chats with women who just want to talk about it and see if they're the right fit and get a feel for it before they even have to explore it further. So there's no commitment other than 10 minutes on the calendar. Oh, fantastic. Um, And can people sign up for that on your website to to schedule those 10-minute consultations? Yes. Oh, fantastic. And we will drop all of Kelly's social media and website information into the show notes for this podcast. It'll be very easy for you to find. Again, Kelly Travis, thank you so much for being here and joining me on today's podcast, The Divorce Chronicles. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. There you have it. Another great episode and a big thank you again to my guest, Kelly Travis, for joining me on the podcast today. As I mentioned during the intro, I'm really excited to share some valuable resources with you in the coming month, which I'm working on behind the scenes, including the release of my ebook and the launch of our digital course, which will take a deep dive into the emotional, financial, and legal areas of the divorce process. And while this course is going to be a comprehensive look at the holistic approach to your divorce journey, it is in no way meant to be legal advice. It's in no way meant to replace you seeking out the professionals in your jurisdiction to consult with you on your specific facts in your case. That's sort of my disclaimer for the day, but I'm really, really excited to share with you when we do have more information and I think it's going to be wonderful. But I also want to say another big thank you to you, our listening audience, for joining me on today's podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please don't be shy and head over to iTunes and leave me a review. Or if you have any ideas that you would like to hear on upcoming episodes, please feel free to send me an email at tracy at thedivorcechronicles.com. That's T-R-A-C-E-Y at thedivorcechronicles.com and head over to my website at www.thedivorcechronicles.com where you'll find great free resources detailing 10 mistakes to avoid during the divorce process. Until next time. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Chronicles at www.thedivorcechronicles.com. Don't forget to join us next time for another great episode.